This is Wiffer Karen, and I love listening to Will Write for Wine. Oh, yeah. This is Wiffer Mac, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Hello, this is Wiffer Kim from Colorado, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Yay! Hi, this is Wiffer Lily, and I'm listening to Will Write for Wine. This is Wiffer Don, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. Hello, this is Wiffer Melissa, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. Happy anniversary! This is Wiffer Wayne, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. This is Wiffer Ambroise, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Hi, this is Knocked Up Wiffer Susan, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. Cheers! Hi, this is Wiffer Renee, and you've made the excellent choice of listening to my girls, Sam and Lonnie, on Will Write for Wine. Hi, this is Wiffer Pimp, my mixer Pam, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Take it away, girls! Thank, Thank you, Whiffers! <laughs> Welcome to We'll Write for Wine, a podcast about wine, writing, and song. But mostly writing. We'll try not to say. <laughs> right. When we're drinking, we really can't make any promises. Anyway, this is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves. We're here to talk to you about wine and writing. Yes, and tonight's show is our one-year anniversary show. Yay! And Sam's birthday! Woo-hoo! In the same room! Yay! <laughs> Every once in a while, we get to record in the same room, and it's a lot I of know, fun. I know, it's very so. fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Also, we made an agreement that every six months, we would reevaluate whether or not to continue the podcast for another six months, because, you know, everything has a shelf life. hmm <laughs> And we don't want to jump the shark. Right. We don't right. want to be one of those shows. Right. And we'll let you know the answer to that at the end of the podcast. Sorry, wine comes first. So, Lonnie, what are we drinking today? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Actually, to celebrate our Will Write for Wine one-year anniversary and Sam's birthday, we are having champagne mimosas. Woohoo! Mango mimosas. <laughs> oh, Lonnie and I had one of these in New York City, and uh, we both loved it. Yes. So, so much that I made her go out and buy mango juice. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went out, and I thought, oh, I'll get one, two cans of mango juice. And I came back, and one of them is like guava something. Yeah, which... so we're going to have guava. We'll have mimosas. guava mimosas before the yeah. end of the show, too. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are the wine notes on this? Well, the champagne is Corbel Extra Dry, mm-hmm. and the wine notes are Corbel Extra Dry is a crisp, off-dry champagne, which is light, refreshing, and very easy to like. Extra Dry has flavors of citrus, melon, and spice. Corbel Extra Dry is a good pairing for salads with sweet, fruit-based dressings and spicy foods, especially Thai or Vietnamese cuisine, using cilantro, ginger, and chilies. Ooh. Well, that's pretty good. Interesting. Of course, it's kind of hard to tell when you've got the mango in there, you know. Right. (laughs) You know, I think it's really paired well with the juice that I put it in. Yeah, I think so. We're not eating anything, we're just drinking, so it's going to be a really good show. Uh, Anyway, it's 12.5% alcohol, $13 a bottle, and Mm -hmm. uh, you can get more information at corbell.com. Yes, yes. And uh, so what do you think of it? What do I think of it? I love it. Yeah, you know, I know. It's regular Minute Maid, like yeah. orange juice in there mm-hmm. now. But start with orange juice, moving on to mango, <laughs> then going to guava. And we're doing the podcast in the middle of the day. Right. So right, we're trying little... to go a little light. Yeah. With the, uh, although it'll yeah. still probably be. Oh, yeah. Because we've got two <laughs> bottles to get through. So <laughs> <laughs> we promise we won't do them all so in the many, podcast. I, you know what? I'm giving them five glasses. I'm giving the mimosas five glasses. Because you I know what? So. It's our one year anniversary. It we're having is. a great time. Yeah. It's yeah. a celebration. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead. All right. Five, five glasses. glasses. All right. <laughs> well, now we've got that taken care of. Let's move on to... This Week in the Forums. 
Thanks, Mac. This week on the forums, the hot topics were funny dessert names, unsolicited advice for knocked up whiffers, the voice exercise, lots of good stuff there. Well done, whiffers. Mm -hmm. Favorite opening scenes and voice and layer cake charades. Which really sounds good. I know. It sounds like you get get your wine and your dessert in one. I know. Yeah. (laughs) And we're up to 106 members on the forums. Welcome, newbies. Yes. Who knew we'd ever get that big? (laughs) We sure did. I didn't want to open forums because I was like, eh, it's too much work. There'll be like three people there going, hello. And now it's this whole big community. It's really awesome. It is. Uh, oh, drink. Oh, hey. oh, awesome. Drink. Yes. Okay. Mm. Mm. Mimosas. I oh, highly recommend so them. So good. Okay. Yeah. On that note, let's refill. We'll be back in a minute. Whiffer Jill from Missouri. I wanted to let you know that Will Write, Will Write for Wine does not take drinking lightly. As a matter of fact, we take it heavily as, as heavily as we can. A magnum will do. Not exactly, but you get the idea. When, key, when drinking while on the web, be sure to have a DK, a designated keyboarder. Sam and Lonnie, back to you, babes. Thank you, Jill. <laughs> Thank you, Jill, for giving us the wonderful PSA. Welcome back. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And Samantha Gray. And this is We're Right for Wine with yeah. Rock and Whiffer PSA. So we put something up on the um, on the website, on the forums, about you guys doing PSAs for us. And I can't believe somebody actually did it. That's so cool. <laughs> And it was awesome, too. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Jill. We've been asking our whiffers to send in their questions, and we got a bit of a backlog, so we're going to answer every single one of them in the C-Block tonight, as well as discuss the last year of Will Write for Wine and whether we're going to continue for another six months. Ooh, the suspense builds. (laughs) Right now, though, we're going to move right on to the rest of the B-Block. In honor of a new year at Will Write for Wine, we're going to do a new B-Block, and this one is all about lessons learned. Mm-hmm. Every week, we'll be sharing what we learned that week about writing. If we come back, right? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I mean, if, oh, if, yeah, if we yeah. were coming back, this is what exactly. we would Exactly, yes. If, yeah, if, we'll, if we're going to be back. Okay. It's so good we're not like spies <laughs> or anything. <laughs> You know how fast we would pa- we, how fast we would fail the FBI test. <laughs> They're like, no, we don't want you. Go away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Our lessons will run the gamut from profound insights to great writing tools to don't bring your laptop into the bathtub. <laughs> so don't expect too much. Lonnie, what did you learn this week? I'll tell you what I learned this week. This week, uh, we handed in our first draft of Dogs and Goddesses to our publisher, yay, which Jenny called the truck draft. Huh. So I learned that the truck draft means the draft that if you get hit by a truck, <laughs> publisher can still publish it. <laughs> I love it. That's slightly morbid, but yet really amusing. Yes. <laughs> what about you? True. Um, well, you know, <laughs> I actually learned mine this morning. Yes. Uh-huh. And mine is don't shake the blood. Okay. What that happened? That's got to be a good story. <laughs> I went to the doctor for a checkup, and they drew, like, a bunch of vials of blood. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the nurse left the room. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was alone with the vials of blood. Mm-hmm. And absolutely being fascinated yeah. by the vials, I pick one up, and I'm, like, I'm like tilting it, and I'm watching to see, like, the viscosity of the blood. Right. And did it coagulate? And did it do all these things? And I was, like, playing with it, and I'm spinning it and everything. And she walks into the room. 
And I told her, I said, well, you know, I was just kind of curious about the blood. How come it's not coagulating? How come, you know, all this other stuff. And she goes, well, we can't use that vial now. I'm like, what do you mean you because can't you use it? Moved it? What happened? Because I, sh- because I turned it around. Yeah. yeah, I moved it around too much, okay. I guess. It's not like I shook it or anything. So as soon as she said that, it, it was on the tip of my tongue. I almost said, then can I take it home with me? <laughs> you should have. I should have. Just, they're just going to throw it away anyway. I it's know. I know, because I wanted to take it home just to see. you Because know, you don't get that much blood uh-huh. unless you're in a crisis situation. <laughs> if you're in a crisis situation, you're not going to be like playing with the blood, you know? Blood. Yeah. Studying the viscosity. Yeah. Exactly. You're going to be like, ow, I want it to like, you reattach it. Yeah, right. right. So I wanted to like dribble it around, see how fast it would like heart, you know, what it would look like, you right. know, if you left it for an hour, two hours, three hours, you know, just those types of things, typical things. Right. <laughs> so it's a good thing they know I'm a writer. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was playing with it and I'm like, ask her all these questions and all of a sudden I looked at her and said, oh, by the way, I'm a writer. <laughs> That's a really good thing you said that too. They would have put you on the FBI list. They would have been like, you oh, want yeah. to spy for us? And be like, no, listen to yeah. the podcast. We suck at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up this block. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> a sexy international art thief with a license to steal and a past she can't escape. An ex-cop with a murder to avenge and nothing left to lose. A calculating killer launches a deadly game. From the heat of Havana to the streets of New York City, the race for justice is on. Sight unseen by Samantha Graves, now available at a store near you. Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Samantha Grace. And this is Will Write for Wine. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight is our one-year anniversary show, and I can't believe it's been a year already. I can't either. You know, ask me how long I expected this show to last. <laughs> how long? One week, two weeks? Yeah, like three weeks. Right. <laughs> before you finally were like, I'm not doing this again. No, before, I, you know, I wasn't sure if it was going to be you or me or who was going to say, one of us you know going to be like, this Forget sucks, it. Forget it. <laughs> all right, so as part of our one-year show, which nobody ever thought we would get to, least of all us, uh, we thought we'd get to answering all the questions that have been building up throughout the year, but for one reason or another, never actually made it into the show. Mm-hmm. We so appreciate you guys taking the time to write to us or leave questions on the forum. We feel really bad if we don't get to some of the questions. Right, right. If you asked a question and it hasn't been answered, I mean, if we haven't actually addressed it. Exactly. There's a difference. Like, if we've addressed, we've addressed a lot of shows that we, uh, questions that we haven't answered. Right, right. But if we haven't even addressed it. (laughs) Yeah. If we haven't addressed it. And it's not in tonight's show, then we lost your record of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or our record of it. Mm-hmm. Um, ask again. We'll try not to screw it up. And we'll actually even try to answer it. Tonight. Right. So, okay. <laughs> now, to get us started, Ambrose asks, do you have any bad habit or common writing mistake that bugs you or your beta reader? Hmm. Bad habits, yes. I actually have a couple of them. Um, Chrissy, who's Ann Stewart that I'm writing uh, Dogs and Goddesses with, um, hates it when people smile. Oh, yes. Because it's so trite. You know, like he smiled, she smiled, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, my writing littered with smiles. You Me know, there's, there's these little things that you do. They're like ba- basically like rhythm breaks. Mm-hmm. And some people, um, their characters look. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, their characters, you know, walk or turn around or whatever. Like mm-hmm. my characters smile. <laughs> <laughs> All 
all the time. And it drives Chrissy crazy. She writes all this dark stuff. She's like, my characters don't smile. And every now and again, I would write like my character or her character smiling at my character in my scene. <laughs> She'd be like, my characters don't smile, you know. So yeah, so I've been I've been made aware of that um, habit, and I've got the oh god, one really horrible horrible habit I have, uh-huh. horrible, uh-huh. and I'm embarrassed to say it, but it's in my books. It's already out there. Is the the quirking eyebrow? Oh, the knitting yes. eyebrows. Oh, oh no, I've had knitting yeah. eyebrows too, yeah, okay. but like the What's, when they, when they quirk one eyebrow, you oh, know. I don't even ever remember reading it. Well, good. Maybe it didn't stand out as badly for you as it does for me. <laughs> but I do that, and then I don't really think about it. It's just kind of like a, a beat, you know. It's yeah. kind of a beat thing. It's a rhythm exactly. thing. It's not, you know, about the eyebrow itself. It's right. about having that beat in there, uh-huh. and it's really hard to find, you know, uh-huh. new things to do that so hard know, that are evocative yeah. that are not trite, you know, mm-hmm. in those in those situations. So I'd say that's probably that's the worst habit I'm aware of. <laughs> I'm sure other people could See, be like, you know, you suck at this too. But that's <laughs> what I was just, I have not even read any of these questions. Oh yeah. So these are all new to me. <laughs> so I'm sure that I have so many like habits that absolutely drive people crazy, but I have no, you know, I'm not even today. aware that I do it. There's nothing I that know. you do. And a lot of stuff drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a really hard person to, to have read your stuff. <laughs> like one thing I know that I do is that I'll say, you know, she blinked. Oh, I do but that I'm too. in her point of view. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. nobody notices when they blink. Exactly. Right. Things like right. that. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. There's, you know, Those minor POV violations, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I, honestly, I, I've never noticed anything. I'm so yeah. caught up in the story when yeah. I'm reading your stuff, and I'm, I'm hoping that that's what happens when people read Absolutely mine. Absolutely <laughs> does. I don't notice all the weaknesses because, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing with writing. I mean, it's always an evolution. There's there's stuff mm-hmm. that I'm doing right now that's bad that I'm not even aware I'm doing. <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. And if, three years from now, I'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. always an evolution. Or you find out, and you're like, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. To do that? Is that bad? Is that bad? I didn't know that, that was crap? bad. Oh, wow. I kind of like that. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Ambros had another question. Yes. How do you communicate with the beta reader your questions or insecurities about a specific part of the story? Actually, I don't. I think beta uh, readers should be virginal. I mm-hmm. think that they should not know anything about your story. I mean, Sam always does because mm-hmm. I basically call her up and I'm like, okay, I have this idea and I don't know if this is going to suck <laughs> or what, so if you can just tell me, you know. So she knows everything I do before I write it. But um, most of my beta readers, I try to have them, like, know as little as possible about mm-hmm. it because here's the thing. If you, the whole point of having a beta reader is that you can get fresh eyes on it. And if yes. you go ahead and kind of poison the well with your own insecurities, things mm-hmm. that you might be insecure about, which may not even be a problem, mm-hmm. then they're going to be looking for that and they're going to have a, an eye for it. Like what I want them to do is to come back to me with me not telling them and say, you know what? Your, your people smile way too much, you know, yeah. because then I know that it's not just me being insecure, that it is truly mm-hmm. something that I need to work on. Whereas there are things that you can worry about that you're insecure about that may not be a problem. If, if they don't trip up your reader, mm-hmm. then you get a pass as far as I'm concerned. Right. So what right. about you? Well, see, there's a difference between the beta reader and the critique partner. Mm-hmm. My critique partner, I will right. say, okay, I'm concerned about this, right. this, this, and this. Because you and I, that's right. You're not a beta reader. Yeah. You're a critique right. partner, right. so it's different. So, but beta readers, generally, we just give it to them and hope for the best. Right. <laughs> 
Right. The whole point of a beta reader is to have fresh yes. eyes. So I mean, the one thing as fresh as possible. I think that we do say to them though is, look, you can't hurt our feelings. Please, exactly. if you see something, you know, tell us so we can fix it. Right. So we have the chance to fix it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's before the whole it goes point. out to a million people. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of having a beta reader. And or the thing 10, is that, you know, a lot of people are are very gentle readers. Like they'll mm-hmm. they'll accept anything. They just want to be along for the story and for the ride and yeah. they have a good time. You know, so the beta readers I try to go to are usually the people that I know are really super critical readers that are mm-hmm. gonna catch me up on stuff so that Yes. If it trips them, they'll get it before it trips anybody else. You right. know, and the right. gentle readers who would have been fine with it are still going to be fine with it if I fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like the people that, that are the more critical readers, those are usually the people that I look for in betas. So. Right. All right. Very good. All right. Next, we have Mary in Minnesota who mm-hmm. asks, uh, can you tell us how one could go about making their own podcast for their own site? Is this something someone could do on their own time or would they be better off getting it done professionally if there is such a thing? Well, I honestly have no idea. You set up the whole podcast. Let's put it this way. If Lonnie hadn't set it up, it wouldn't have happened. Because I told her when we started, I only work with things that don't move. Right. Like the website. You know, I can exactly. do the websites. Mm-hmm. I can do MySpace. I can do it. But things that move, like yeah, audio, with audio, I'm just like, ah. Yeah. So, yeah. Here's the thing. It, it's, um, if you have a certain level of technical ability like I went to school for television radio and film production I took sound classes although you wouldn't know it to listen to the show I see things wrong with the audio all the time and I'm like you know what nobody else notices it so I'm not going to freak out about it but um but I've never been particularly good with sound but I mean I I did a lot of um video post-production in my professional life I worked in tv and all that so I I kind of have a, a, a bit of a production background so for me to come in and build a podcast um it's a little bit easier although I will say there are a lot of products out now a lot of um software that if you've got a microphone and a headset i mean you can you can figure it out they'll give you you know they'll they'll walk you through there's a lot of um tutorials out there about podcasting i don't think it's something that you'd have somebody professionally do for you because that Mm. gets expensive if you go like to a real radio place and i mean you know we do this in our houses and it's it's fine it's fine for what we do i Mm. mean i think that we sound for an amateur podcast we sound fairly professional oh i absolutely you know if you if you ignore the audio problems that I'm constantly like oh well, forget it it's clipping you know you know but um you guys don't Nobody notice which is good yeah, I know. <laughs> always freaked out about it. Like, I, I know because you tell me oh I can't believe that last sound sounded so bad I'm like what yeah well because <laughs> it's, it's the content everybody's coming to you people come mm. to the podcast for the content and it's like yeah. the you know the critical readers and the Thank easy God. readers you know um the critical readers are the ones like anybody who has any radio background or audio background at all mm. probably listens to this and is like oh my god you know but uh, my thing <laughs> is that you know free. i have i have three hours a week to do this in and yeah. so i do it in three hours and if it, if it works it works if i screw something mm-hmm. up i screw something up you know it's fine but um but anyway so uh, long story short there's software out there there are tutorials out there if you you want to figure it out you can dedicate an afternoon and mm-hmm. learn how to do it and do your own podcast right i think and a I, lot of people you can tell by the sheer number of people that are doing it not everybody has a professional background they're just you know mm-hmm. jumping into it so right okay the next one is from uh, eva or iva iva i, don't, I thought it was iva iva marie iva okay I don't know. yep mm-hmm. from iva marie she asks uh what's the best way to approach a rewrite and how long should it take 
All right. The best uh, way to approach a rewrite. I, this is my thing. Mm-hmm. This is uh, for how long it should take. That's going to vary from person to person. But mm-hmm. what I think is that when you finished your rough draft of a book, you know, your don't look down draft where you just sat down and wrote it all out and let it come out, whatever. I think it's best to put it away for at least six weeks first. I find mm-hmm. the six weeks seems to be the magic number. It's one of those universal things that like almost everybody I talk to always says six weeks, no matter what that process is. If it took them a year to write it, if it took them three days to write it, they always say put it away for six weeks. So that seems to be pretty universal. Um, and then don't think about it during that time. Don't go back to it. Don't revisit it. Don't look at it. Stick it under a shelf somewhere and don't think about it. Do something else if you have to, whatever you have to do. And then go back after six weeks and it will be, you'll remember why you wrote it. You know, it's close enough that you remember why you wrote it and what you got excited about. But at the same time, like you can have some fresh eyes for it and there's things that you'll see. There's good things too. It's not just the bad things. You'll see stuff that you wrote and you're like, wow, that's actually pretty good. And you know, it's good because you've got the freshness, you know, you've, you've got the, as much objectivity as you're ever going to get, you know, Mm -hmm. um, by giving it a little space. So that myself is how I would approach a rewrite. What about you, Sam? I think, you know, if I have that kind of time, mm-hmm. it would be nice. Yes. Generally, <laughs> generally, I yeah. don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and for me, because it takes me so long to write a book, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, by the time I get to the end of it, I've forgotten the beginning of it. So for me, it's almost <laughs> like putting it away for like a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So for me, I generally just go back through and just Mm -hmm. start the rewrite. And I do try to do it a a chapter at a time. I think if I break it into pieces, if you look at the whole 380 pages or whatever, Mm -hmm. it can be very daunting. Oh, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. this is going to take me forever. And Mm -hmm. it just looks like something that you're never going to be able to finish. Mm -hmm. You have to break it down into chapters. Just say, you know what? I'm going to look at a chapter a night this week, Mm -hmm. you know, for five days. And then I'll work on it again next week or whatever. But Mm -hmm. try to split it out as as much as you can. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, while you're doing the rewrite, um, I tend to take down a lot of notes. And they have to do with number of years, with hard mm-hmm. facts. Continuity things. Continuity mm-hmm. things, yes. Absolutely. What color their eyes are. Because I've had that change right. over the, over yes, the over course, course of, of nine months. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, or I forget what color their eyes are, and I just take a stab at it. <laughs> things like that. Mm-hmm. And those are more like fact things that you really want right. um, to keep track of. Um, as for how long it takes, for me, it depends how much time I have. Right. <laughs> If it's on contract, that all depends on when it's due. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if it was up to me, you know, I would rewrite mm-hmm. until affinity. So it's, it's a good true. thing that sooner or later I do have to let go of it. <laughs> right. The second part of her question is, mm-hmm. um, should you use a first book to get an agent? Um, I did. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think yeah. that if it's good, you know, if you're, if there's no reason why you shouldn't use it to get an agent. Will you get an agent on your first book? You know, that entirely depends on you and the agent, you know mm-hmm. I mean? But there's no reason not to try if you think it's Absolutely good. You know, try. I mean, you can get feedback on that book right. that, um, you know, if they get, if they reject you, then you get feedback on, mm-hmm. you know, why they rejected you and what was going on. And, um, and if you get an agent, then, Hey, Awesome. So I think it's a win-win, really. I think Mm -hmm. so, too. And also, sometimes with the agent, if they see something that they like in your writing, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll perhaps give you a little more feedback. And then if they, then they could say something like, you know, I'd be willing to look at anything else that you write. Right, exactly. Which is Mm -hmm. really nice to be able to put on your Mm -hmm. your next query letter to them. So so absolutely give it a shot. I think that's very good. Okay, well done. Mm -hmm. All right. So Stephanie K. asks, when's the next improv night? I love these things. Next week. Maybe. (laughs) 
trying to build up the suspense here. We don't know. Listen to the we end of the know. podcast and we'll answer yes. that then. <laughs> we're so bad at this. It's going to get worse, too, because hey, we're in our second mimosas here. Okay. <laughs> Lily C. asks, uh, what do you think about using popular cultural references in your writing? That is an excellent question yes I think that's an excellent question we all kind of struggle with this mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I I won't shy away from it if there's a real good reason to use a pop culture reference mm-hmm. um, but generally I think that if you can use something that's a little more timeless you know right um, you know if you mention somebody listening to the Beatles you mm-hmm. know the Beatles have been around for 50 years I mean everybody right. listens to them at one point everybody has a Beatles phase at one mm-hmm. point in their life you know if you bring up a song by them or if you bring you know something more classic something that everybody really knows if you bring up like you know my my husband loves this band from UT Austin called Twang Twang Shaka Boom. <laughs> I've met one other person independently in my life who knows who they are. That's Whitney Gaskell from Literary Chicks. Her husband went there too at the same time that Adam was there, which was funny. And Whitney and I went to Syracuse University at the same time. So her husband was at University of um, Texas in Austin with my husband. Uh-huh. And I was here with her and nobody oh. knew each other. Oh my Isn't God. Isn't that crazy? How funny. Anyway, crazy. small world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, if I put a twang twang shaka boom, mm-hmm. you know, in there, or even, you know, an Elvis Costello. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm really into Sarah Bareilles now, you mm-hmm. know, and so I love these songs. But if I mention it in the book and it doesn't have meaning for my reader, that's one thing because I'm not getting the, I'm not getting anything across. I'm mm-hmm. not sending a message with that mention but another thing is that if you if you do a lot of them you know then your reader the reader who has no idea what you're talking about even if it's somebody who's you know right now and it's in the pop culture or whatever but 10 mm-hmm. years down the road five years down the road they're not going to know what you're talking about and it's oh, going to yeah. get kind of irritating they're not going to get the sense that you wanted to get across so I think that right. it's something I definitely wouldn't um I wouldn't say never do it, mm-hmm. but I think that you need to be careful how you do it. I think that if you do it, you need to be able to um, give enough context that even if somebody doesn't know the specific person, that they can kind of figure it out. Right. Well, I think you also have to be careful about um, using a, a, a pop culture reference um, that has not actually established mm-hmm. a longevity because... Right. By the time your book comes out, that pop culture exactly. reference could have done something horrible. Exactly. You like don't know. Like Britney Spears. Well, goodness. Or, yeah. I mean, you just don't know what those things. Elliot Spitzer. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Our beloved governor. I'm not going to talk about it. Why no, do they make not. the wife stand? I, I just want to see. Okay, just once. <laughs> just once. I want the wife oh, in go. the middle of the press conference to interrupt him and say, yeah. you know what? Bam! And whap him across the face. That is all I want. If I see one more wife standing by her man when he's been nothing but a jerk and humiliated her. All right, I'm going to drink. What's the next one? Okay. Well, we'll have a whole list of apologies today. Oh, Elliot Spitzer. I'm the least of his problems. All right. Um, I think the next one's yours. Oh, carrot. Is it carrot? Is it carrot carrot or carrot? Well, if I was looking at it, it it would be carrot, but it could be carrot. I think carrot. I don't know, because carrot... And we don't it's know carrots. if it's... It's spelled like a diamond carrot, so okay. I'll just go with yeah. that. Not All like right. an orange carrot that you chew on. Oh. But... <laughs> didn't even think of that. This just isn't going well. Okay, anyway, carrot asks... Carrot, go ahead and tell us how to pronounce your name. Um, what is your favorite part about doing Will Write for Wine? Oh, Lonnie. Oh, aren't you sweet? <laughs> when she's not telling me to shut up. <laughs> I only do that between breaks. <laughs> Um, yeah, my favorite part is just having that um, every Friday night, mm-hmm. I have two or three hours where 
I can just sit and drink with a girlfriend. I mean, yeah. I have, you know, I have kids and I don't get out. You know, it's not like I leave the house ever. I work at home and I have children. Mm-hmm. And um, and we get that time together. And we've become so much closer since we started doing this. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's really fun because a lot of friends, you know, t- life gets busy and you kind of lose touch. But this way, you know, we're always connected. We've mm-hmm. always got something we're working on together. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. for me, it's just the whole thing. I, I I love the part about assembling the script. Uh-huh. I like thinking about, you know, our themes yeah. every week and picking the wine. Picking the wine is actually one of the, my favorite. Getting parts the UPS too. wine delivered. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. So which episode of Will Write for Wine is your favorite? Oh god. You it's know, I hard, like them all for different reasons. Yeah. You know, all of them are like favorite. I did like the slide story. That 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 one that was really fun, the comedy really show. Fun. That was a very fun show to do. Yeah. I mean the whole show was fun. Right. So, yeah. You know what I loved? I think my favorite was our fascinating process. Oh because yeah. I think you know, we sat and we, the first couple of shows, we were still kind of like getting our, that was our fourth show. Mm-hmm. And our first couple of shows were sort of getting our grounding. And by that show, I mean, we were really having a good time. Mm-hmm. And we were just, I think we were more relaxed and we were laughing and just, just having fun. And we sort of got into our groove, you know? Right. And plus talking about, I, I, I love the way that um, our personalities it just fascinates me like our personalities yeah. and how they're so different and our processes are so different and now our processes are merging and I'm becoming mm-hmm. more plotter and you're being a little more loosey-goosey with everything mm-hmm. and you know I mean I think it's just it's just to me that's just really interesting I think it's the psychology of it that right. that I'm really interested in so I think that was my, my favorite one yeah but. and it's also I also love to hear a writer what writer other writers have right. for a process because right. they're all so different I know and know? It's, it's really, really it's neat yeah. to kind of think about how the psychology works in with that mm-hmm. you know I like it Okay. Uh, Book Lady asks, how... Oh, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take another mimosa, please. We've been doing this for a year, and we still can't I told you. I hadn't read any of this. I know. About how many words long are your books? Oh, okay. Lonnie, I'm sure that varies depending on whether it's a chiclet or romantic comedy, or Mm -hmm. does it? And Sam, too, depending on whether it's romantic suspense or futuristic, or does it? Okay. Oh, Oh, go ahead. All right, no. <laughs> sorry. I had it in greens. So that was my part of the script. Did I change oh, I'm that? Sorry. No, I didn't even wrong? notice. Okay, okay go we ahead. skipped. So, okay, no, I'm sorry. It's just looking at the script, I got confused. I'm like, did I change it or something? Oh, we All right, no, that's fine. Sonya. We'll answer this question now, and then we'll oh. go back to Sonia. I'll do Sonia, and then we'll be right back. <laughs> anyway, this is stuff that the listeners are like, what are they talking about? It's just our I script. I just screwed yeah. up the script. It's fine. Okay, um, so about how many words long are your books? Mine are, you know, it depends on, there's the literal, you know, word, word count, and then mm-hmm. there's the by-page word count. The by-page word count, I would say my um, romantic comedies, um, the, the romances that I do are probably about 80, 85,000. Mm-hmm. And the um, the chicklets are like 75 to 80,000, I okay. think. They, they tend to run a little bit shorter. I've only got one point of view in there, and so they tend to, plus I'm kind of, sparse yeah <laughs> right, that stuff I like to get in tell my story and get out you guys your time is precious you know so what about you well it doesn't matter between futuristics or romantic suspense they're both right apparently mm-hmm. it just takes me this long to write a, a story mm-hmm. um, anywhere from 365 to 400 pages, pages. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's about 90 to 100,000 multiply that words, by 250 words like a page yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not doing it so mm-hmm. yes <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, math. So that's about how long they're at. I mean, a lot of people get confused with the whole word count thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, format it in courier, 12 point, double space it, one inch margins, and go for pages. Right. You know, go for um, 300. I think 
80,000 is 340 pages. Mm -hmm. So anything over 340 pages formatted that way, just do that. That's yeah. the that's the most universal way to look at it. Mm -hmm. And um and that's I, that's a good target. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. So Sonia asks, <laughs> how do you plot? <laughs> what is the process that you go through? <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. okay. Um, well, probably everybody knows that my, what my process is by now. Yeah, you know, I think everybody I, knows both yeah, of us. I plot and I, you know, and I pretty much, especially right now, I'm working on, on a series idea. So it takes a lot more work. Mm -hmm, you really right. have to get, I'll do a lot of world building mm -hmm, in there. Mm -hmm. And for me, somehow the world building and the plotting kind of goes together, and right. then the characters kind of go in there, and mm -hmm. and it is some kind of magical little process that happens in my brain, and mm -hmm. then I take it out of my brain, put it in a spreadsheet, so I don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much my process. <laughs> oh gosh, um, my process actually has changed, but it's it's there's a lot of sitting around and thinking. I do a lot of knitting. People mm. get a lot of socks from me during this period. <laughs> Everybody's getting socks for Christmas. Everybody gets socks. <laughs> um, but because uh, I need to sort of think about it. I mean, uh, Sam does specific world building. And what she does, I mean, you do, you know, Research. it's it's very it's very involved. Because even when you're doing your, um, your romantic suspenses, which are, you know, um, mm -hmm. in this world and um, and contemporary, there's still this whole, like, you have this whole art thief thing going on inside and scene. And then you've got yeah. this whole mystical archives thing going on out of time, which is so mm -hmm. good. So, I mean, for me, it's just yeah. a tremendous amount of research. A lot and, of research. And that just... That's mm -hmm. my that is my my period where the the plot actually starts yeah. to to work uh, starts to coagulate. Coagulate. Yeah. Um, I do. Um, <laughs> you're right. For me, I, I sit around and think a lot, and instead, <laughs> and I actually don't write anything down, which is sad as as my memory is. But I I have this kind of weird superstition that if it's supposed to be in the book, I'll remember, mm. because I would always write stuff down. I used to always write stuff down. I would have like pages and pages of stuff. And then I go back through it and it would no longer apply to the story as I had built it because those were notes from the beginning and the story changes throughout, you know, because I, I pants the whole thing. Um, but after, you know, a few months and, and this sitting around thinking occurs, you know, concurrently with me writing another book or editing or, you know, doing galleys and stuff like that. So, you know, I sit and think about it for nine months, but I'm writing other books during that time. And then I get to where I'm actually going to start the new book. And then I just, start writing it. I start with the opening scene and I just go from there. I do figure out my turning points, mm -hmm. which has saved my life, is that I know where I'm shooting for. I know what the story is. I know who the antagonist is. I know what's happening. Um, so once I've got all that down, then I just sit and write it. And I think about, you know, I build the soundtrack and, you know, I do the collage and mm -hmm. make the pictures and, you know, talk to Sam about it, although I'm so bad about talking about my books. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I'm thinking about this and maybe this. I don't know. You know, it doesn't really give her anything to work off of. But. I work much better when I actually have an idea of what the right. book's going right. to basically be about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, who's next? Okay, you are again. Oh, is that blue? Am I blue? Michelle, blue. you're blue. Okay. You've, you've right, been Michelle blue asks. since the beginning of the show. <laughs> I'm telling you. 47, my brain cells are just like saying, we're out of here. <laughs> Enough. Screw you, we're going to Tahiti. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Michelle asks, this one is referencing the show Lonnie did with, with Jennifer Cruz and Ann Stewart. You mm -hmm. talked about using track changes in Word. Do you always use Word to write? I love Jenny. Uh, oh, I know Jenny. <laughs> lo I love Jenny. She loves Jenny as we all do. Yes, I do. <laughs> I know Jenny loves Scrivener as do I. Does she write in Scrivener and then convert to a Word uh, document to upload to Campfire? Do you use track changes for your solo projects? Okay, I don't. I only 
knew like five words in this whole paragraph. <laughs> I'll take this one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, track changes in Word is um, this. It's part of the reviewing function. If you look at the um, reviewing menu in Word, you can you can pull that up. And you know, for collaborating, it's essential because I'll go through. You know, Jenny will have a scene. She'll have my character in her scene. I'll go through her scene, and then I'll comment stuff that she does, like critiquing. But then my character, I actually have to edit. But I don't want to write in her scene because that's her territory. Mm -hmm. So I turn on track changes. I make my changes. Then mm -hmm. she goes through, and she either accepts them or rejects them. If it's me and my character's dialogue, then she'll accept it. But it's basically a way of her knowing what's changed in her scenes, that she's got a kind of a view of it. Mm -hmm. So that's what track changes is all about. Um, do, do I always use word to write? Uh, yes, I do. I do. Um, I do. And uh, I think that uh, Jenny loves Scrivener. I know that she works in Scrivener. I am not sure if she wrote Dogs and Goddesses in Scrivener, if she mm. did it directly in Word, because all that converting when you're working with other people, I think maybe um, a bit of a hassle. I'm not sure if she uses it for her regular writing or not, but I will ask her and I will get back to you on that. Mm. Um, and uh, so for uploading in Campfire, Campfire was the online kind of chat thing that uh, we all used, um, which kept transcripts of all of our chats. Ah. And um, we would be able to upload, uh, you know, various uh, versions of the book and of our scenes and everything up there. And then everybody would be able to grab them from there because mm. otherwise email just gets too cluttered, you right. know. Right. Um, um, so we would use that. And um, do you use track changes for your solo projects? I do not. I, I do only not. use track changes when I am, if I'm critiquing somebody or, you know, if mm -hmm. I'm doing a collaboration. But it's fabulous. It's fabulous for mm -hmm. it. I, think I it's hate great. it. You hate track changes. Because mm -hmm. I can never get them out once I'm done. They're oh, you always just like accept them all. Forever. No, you just accept I know, them but all. Then, but then it, it's like trying to save them again. You're like, no, I don't want to do it. Any, I don't want to track any more changes. And for yeah. some reason, it just like... You know, Chrissy has having problems with that too. Crazy. I think some, I think some versions of Word or whatever mm. just freak out with it. Mine, you know, is Word two thousand three. You know, mm. and um, yeah, I've got for 2000, Windows, so that could be it. And it's oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe it's um, two thousand. But it it works pretty well for me. So mm. I've I like it. But again, I only use it if I'm working in somebody else's project. For right. me, I don't track my own changes no. at all. So, no. all right. And last but definitely not least, we have a special question from. Well, we'll let him announce it himself. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Wiffer Wayne with a question about injecting humor into a scene. When I write humor in a scene, I end up waiting for a moment of inspiration or the humor feels flat. Now this inspiration can overtake me while in the shower, playing with the kinder units, watching television, or even daydreaming during business meetings. Sam? Lonnie? What are your processes for including humor that feels natural in your scenes? <laughs> you need to answer it. Okay, we have to tell you what just happened. <laughs> we're in the same room, right? And we're doing the little numbers, three, two, well, one. You know, count down after thing, his audio. And then we immediately point at each other. <laughs> You're supposed to answer it first. I introduced it. Oh, all right. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Uh, humor in a scene. You know, I don't know. I think... I don't really think about the humor. I don't mm -hmm. want. I don't go into a scene and say, "Oh, I need this scene to be funny, or I need this right. character to be funny." Mm -hmm. A lot of it stems from the characters and mm -hmm. the situation. Right. But also, I think it has to do with your unique way of looking at life. Yes. You mm -hmm. know, and I think it's just has a lot to do with you. Because if you know me, you mm -hmm. do recognize some of the humor right. in my books mm -hmm. from you know mm -hmm. from from me and yeah. how the way that I look at things. Mm -hmm. So. Um, 
So I guess I guess if it feels natural to you, mm-hmm. then it's supposed to be in there. Right, right. You know? um, yeah, I don't ever consciously think about writing humor. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, uh, for some reason, my brain always goes to the joke, you know, and it, they're not always funny, <laughs> but my brain always goes to a joke. Like, I can't have, what was that one night we were on the phone, and I was looking for one page, just one oh, yeah. page that didn't have a joke it in my entire book. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me, I went through all of my books, and I went, I had got to, like, Fortune Quilt before I found, like, one page. Even the emotional scenes, there's, like, a little joke in there, and I was like, oh, my God, you know, like, it's bad. <laughs> Um, but I hadn't realized how much but that's I... that's also you. It, it's part of my, it's, yeah. It really is. I mean, I've always got the da-da-da-da, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I just, so I don't know. I mean, I think it just comes naturally, and I think that if you try to inject humor, like, you know, you were saying, Wayne, it's going to fall flat, you mm-hmm. know, um, but, uh, but whatever it's natural to seeing, like, usually if I'm writing a scene... I hear it in my head, and it sort of, you know, unfolds in my head as I'm writing, and there's just, the jokes are just always there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of whether or not you pluck them or not. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> They're ripe on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now that we've cleared out our question archives, be sure to send more in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we left Wayne's question in the MP3 format, so if you've got a microphone and a little ambition, we'd love to get more of those. But definitely keep the questions coming, because we're all out, and we're going to need one for next week. <laughs> we love them. <laughs> And now for our special anniversary treat, the audio, audio montage. montage that Lonnie did. Woohoo! <laughs> we hope you like it. Yeah. Hey, whiffers, if you're not driving or working, go ahead and grab a glass now. You're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, I like my wine like I like my men, Australian and cheap. <laughs> we managed to hit numbers on Podcast Alley. <laughs> By voting directly at midnight. Yes. For six whole hours. So have you ever sat back and thought to yourself, I don't think Lonnie appreciates us whiffers. Well, you could just get over yourself because I'm drinking Franzia Chardonnay in a box for you people. (laughs) So my notes are saddle leather. New new saddle leather. (laughs) New saddle leather. Apparently it's not enough to taste like just plain leather. Oh no, my wine has to taste like leather that has had ass on it. <laughs> I don't want to offend any Magpie fans out there, but I think it's something... Well, what's the matter with like crows? Like now you're offending the crow people. <sighs> okay. <laughs> just keep moving. There's no way to win. I love yeah. it when Sam gets drunk. <laughs> and I get chatty. Which I is know. the other weird side effect of I drinking wine. I know, and I'm really tired, so I'm being a little quiet. This is going to be really weird. <laughs> it's like the Freaky Friday of podcasts. I know. We're like switching places. <laughs> I generally am, am a non-confrontational person. Yes. Um, well, you know, except for Lonnie. Except for <laughs> And I'm so glad that you can do that with me, too. She'll tell me you're very special. Yeah, I know. Very special. (laughs) Because you know I love you no matter what. (laughs) Oh, shut up. He's an underprivileged gay cop fleeing from a secret government program. She's a supernatural wisecracking traffic cop with someone else's memories. They They fight fight crime! He's a witless albino librarian on a search for his missing sister. She's a blind hypochondriac hooker from out of town. They fight crime! (laughs) He's an uncontrollable grifter with a mysterious suitcase handcuffed to his arm. (laughs) 
much. She's a strong-willed psychic soap star prone to fits of savage, blood-crazed rage. They fight When I missed the top step, going down to get my coffee, and um, broke your ass bone. Oh no, you didn't break it. You didn't break it. Yeah, for those it. of you who've been on the forums, you know that yeah. I made a big deal of that sand bath. Oh, <laughs> My notes are it's thin and slightly acidic mm-hmm. and totally underaged for me, but right. it'll do. I it'll give it four do. glasses. Wait, it'll do gets four <laughs> glasses from you? I'm feeling it'll do is a, is a three glass wine for me. You're being very generous. Yes, it's with not your horrible. Wine. It's not a bad wine. It doesn't smell like Well, see, not horrible is like a two glass. Yeah. (laughs) It'll do is like three glasses. It's really good is like four glasses. Maybe three and a half. Okay. All right. I'll give it a three and a half. Always, I never accept your judgment. (laughs) You never question mine. You're always like, ah, whatever. But I'm like, wait a minute now. (laughs) I have never had an unattractive UPS guy. I know. I think it's a job requirement. I really I do. Think, I, I think, think it is. They screen or really, something. Really? I mean, honestly. And if they did a calendar, they would make more money on that calendar than they probably do, you know, shipping all their right, stuff. Right, delivering so. stuff. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Cuz you know, the yeah. lonely housewives like us. <laughs> We're the ones just lying away. We just order stuff from Amazon. We don't even need to oh, no. open the UPS cat. Come on. An elegant but wood. Posted. Not just like Elegant wood. wood. Yeah, elegant Well, wood, also... So. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think i got to be careful about your usage of the word wood no matter what. Anyway, but... <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> think this <laughs> She said wood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's the 12-year-old ending. All right. Well, I guess we can go on to next week's show now. All right. Okay. Oh, it's you. Oh, you gotta, <laughs> it's, no, you. it's you. No, it's not. Next week's show is all about rejections. That's I just said that. Blue. You did? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Go, Lottie. Go, Lottie. All right. Champagne does champagne. get you drunk faster. <laughs> it's got a lower alcohol content, and yet my brain is as fuzzy as it's ever been. All right. So until next time, this is Lottie. <laughs> And this is Sam. So you forget right for money? <laughs> right for shipping? Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> then right for wine. Me. I still can't believe it's been a whole year. I have to say, this has turned out way better than I ever thought it would. <laughs> way better. And don't forget, everyone, we've used up all our questions now, so someone's got to ask us something for next week. Be sure to send in your questions to feedback at willwriteforwine.com or leave them on the forums, and we love MP3 questions, so send those in too. (laughs) All right, well, that wraps up another C block, which we have not changed, (laughs) and we still need more champagne. Right. (laughs) We'll be right back. Emmy James is not the kind of girl who attracts angels. In fact, since she sent her life into a nosedive six years ago, she's tried to attract as little as possible attention, people, or responsibility. She lives alone in an Airstream trailer, going from job to job, wherever the wind takes her. And that works just fine. Until one day, two unexpected visitors show up at the New Jersey trailer park she currently calls home. One is a childhood friend with news. EJ's mother and his father are getting married, and they want EJ at the ceremony. The other is a sweet but odd woman named Jess, 
who says she's an angel specializing in cosmic relationship mending. And blueberry pancakes. A Little Ray of Sunshine by Lonnie Diane Rich is a story about lost love, found angels, and the power of blueberry pancakes to fix almost anything, including the mother-daughter relationship that no one thought could ever be mended. A Little Ray of Sunshine is available now, wherever books are sold. Get your copy today. Thanks for coming back. I'm Samantha Graves. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Write for Wine. Yay! Year number two. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you want to win some great prizes this year? Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Of course you do. Head on down to willwriteforwine.com and give us some feedback. We're looking for questions, wine suggestions, or just general commentary on the show. Yes, each month all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket. At the end of the month, we'll pull a name out of the bucket to win a fabulous prize. You know what we should do? What? We should have the whiffers rewrite that to be all tongue twisty. <laughs> like it's not now? And we'll, no, even worse. <laughs> And, and then we'll do see... like the verbal sobriety test every week. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll be fun. Well, and as you can see, I didn't make any changes to that section either. Right, <laughs> I know. I've still got that line. <laughs> for March, we have an official Will Write for Wine coaster and an ARC for Out of Time by Samantha Graves. Yay! Great prizes. So be sure to get active on the forums or send us email. All you have to do for your chance to win is send us email at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or comment on our website or participate in the forums or post a question in the new questions section on the forums. You really can't miss. Right. We're like, <laughs> a thousand ways to win. We will announce the winner on our first April show, maybe. So send in your comments and suggestions now. We're just building up the suspense. I know. I'm sure it's Everybody's on all. the edge of their seats waiting for our final decision. <laughs> Next time we're going to have to at least try to freak them out. I know. I know. <laughs> all right. Well, up next we have the weekly weigh-in. We're just so easily amused. I think that really, you know, that's the key. That never gets old. I don't know. Never gets old. It doesn't. So how'd you do this week? Oh god. Well, like I said, we got the truck draft into our editor, so mm-hmm. I took this week off, and Yay. it was really good. I don't think I wrote anything except like the script. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. Good for you. How about you? How'd you do? I actually wrote this week, if you can believe that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it's been forever. I worked on the video for Out of Time. Right. Yes, which is excellent. Yeah. So is looking... that up yet, or are you still tweaking? I'm still tweaking. Oh, it's yeah. Good. You know me. Mm-hmm. And I actually edited a couple of chapters. So mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. I actually got some work done this week. Excellent. Yeah, for a change. Cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now it's oh, that's me. <laughs> it's not even that different from the old script, and yet I still can't follow it. See, the green just... is me, and the blue is you. So the new script format just gives us a whole new slew of opportunities to screw up. Well, you know what? It doesn't even matter. It's not that different from the old format. I know it's really not. We changed a couple of things. We're like, oh my god, I can't I do know. This I can't function. <laughs> Has nothing to do with the champagne. Yes, nothing. All nothing. right, now it's time for Killer Word. Yes, mm-hmm. we decided that instead of random, etc., we just make it easy on ourselves and do Killer Word every week because I love this. This is my favorite I know, one. I do. <laughs> so play along, amaze your friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what All right. do you have? Are you ready? Go ahead. Probity. 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 P R O B I T Y. Probity. And it's when the lawyers. Do, do something it sounds legal <laughs> is it legal if it's probing and it's illegal i'm not sure we should discuss it 
on the show. <laughs> that might be inappropriate. It is. You spelled it correctly. <gasps> no way! Yay! <laughs> Uh, it is a noun. It means complete and confirmed integrity. Complete and confirmed But it sounds integrity. just the opposite, doesn't it? It, it sounds does. like somebody who's It sounds who's a little like, dirty. Yeah, right. like got their fingers in the cookie jar or something. <laughs> I'm so glad you said cookie jar. I was afraid we'd have to start the segment over. <laughs> All right, excellent. Okay, you okay. ready for mine? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, you ready? Uh-huh. Truckle. Truckle. <laughs> great word truckle <laughs> it is t-r-u-c-k-e-l so and it means yeah. mm-hmm. a truck that's leaking <laughs> <laughs> like trickle but instead exactly of trickle. trickle very good oh and you were so close with so close with the spelling was it t-r-u-c-k-l-e <sighs> it is exactly like trickle except a u in the middle yeah and here's what it is uh-huh. to act in a subservient manner to submit. It's a verb. Isn't that cool? To truckle. Truckle. To truckle. <laughs> to truckle. Yes. <laughs> I love that word. I'll never use it because nobody knows it. So what's the point? <laughs> but it's very cool. <laughs> truckle. All right. Well, okay. I don't know about you, but I think it's time for a refill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. <laughs> truckle. Well, the show's almost over, and I'm sure you're really sad about that. But now you don't have to wait another week to hear from Sam and Lonnie because we've got websites open 24-7 and ready when you are, morning, noon, or night. For Lonnie, be sure to stop by the newly redesigned LonnieDianeRich.com where Lonnie's latest books and news will be regularly updated. Right, Lonnie? Also, don't forget to drop by dogsandgoddesses.com, where Lonnie is collaborating live on the web with New York Times bestsellers Jennifer Cruzy and Ann Stewart. It's like a reality show with writers, which is really much more interesting than it sounds. So check it out. For more information on Sam, click your way on over to samanthagraves.com for her latest news and giveaways. I think she's better about updating. Yeah, that's right. There are also links to her blog her MySpace page, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Barry, author of award-winning futuristic romances. And don't forget to stop by at willwriteforwine.com for links to our joint MySpace page, our cafe press store, and all the cool things we talk about during the show. By the time you're done with all that, we'll be back in a new podcast next week. Everybody plays and everybody wins. Time for laughs. Call here and we'll write for wine. Thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs> Keep sending in those wine suggestions to us at feedback at will write for Kyle if we're still here. <laughs> or post them in the forums if we're still here. <laughs> Send good wine suggestions to Sam. Me, if I'm still here. <laughs> Send cheap wine suggestions to me. Lonnie, if she's still here. <laughs> and if you're half as confused about writing as we are, you need someone to, to ask, so ask us. <laughs> This is all new, so I'm, of course, I can't, I'm totally going to blow it. Send in those questions to feedback at willwriteforwine.com or visit the forums at willwriteforwine.com forward slash forum. There's a special topic there just for questions. Plus, you never know. We might actually have the answer. It could happen. On occasion, it does. Address it and answer it. Yeah. 
<laughs> and if not, you know, we'll make something up. Anyway, <laughs> now I think we need to answer the question we ask ourselves every six months. Mm-hmm. Will we or will we not continue to write for wine, Sam? Well, we had a long discussion about this mm-hmm. for what? 35 uh, seconds? 35 seconds or so, yeah. As you know, Lonnie and I are very busy, (laughs) and we also want to be sure we stop before we run out of things to talk about. Mm -hmm. So after a lot of serious discussion, 35 seconds, Mm -hmm. we've decided not to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha! Gotcha! (laughs) I knew they were really sweating that one. Yes, we've decided to keep going, because now that the whippers are getting into it, it's just too much fun. (laughs) We want to tell you all how much we appreciate you listening and what an incredible experience you've made this for us as well. So thanks so much for everything. And yes, we will be hanging around for another six months. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, next week's show is our first writer improv of the year. We will be improvising a whole new world. Mm -hmm. And here are the suggestions we need. Story genre. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be sci-fi, fantasy, or paranormal. Even when you're doing a contemporary, the rules of the world you're writing still need to be built. So suggest whatever genre you'd like us to try. Yes. Then we need the heroine's name. Give us a first name and a last name. Names are important, so give us something good. Yes. And third, we need a goal. Something she needs to do, accomplish, or learn. Mm -hmm. Send your suggestions to improv, I-M-P-R-O-V, at willwriteforwine.com. And our good friend, Catherine Wade, will choose the final set and send them to us. And then we'll go through the world-building process with you. Yes. So, until next time, this is Lottie. And this is Sam saying, if you can't write for money, then write for one. Another six months. Yay. <laughs> Bye. Mimosas for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Will Ride for Wine is brought to you each week by Lonnie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Be sure to hit the website at willwriteforwine.com where you can find great links to everything in the show, news about what the girls are up to, and links to great cafe press merchandise like t-shirts, hats, and mugs. I like the apron myself. Also, don't forget to friend them on MySpace at myspace.com slash wine. Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.com podshow.com and if you enjoyed the podcast please tell your friends and go vote for Lonnie and Sam at Podcast Alley or write a glowing review at iTunes remember there's good karma out there vote for them at Podcast Alley come back next time as Johnny Depp's soulmate or perhaps Colin first mmm ring any bells or you know the, the soulmate whoever does it for you you get the point anyway thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time right here on Will Write for Wine down on my caffeine consumption so when i get up i just have one cup of coffee and i like to have another cup of coffee with my breakfast and on the way to work I